Welcome in. We are going to be talking about the top 10 Devi QBs. You know, everyone sucks at, at, at looking at QBs and figuring out who the best ones are, but we don't. So go ahead and, <laughs> and stay tuned and we will be right back. Welcome into the Full Tilt Debbie podcast brought to you by the Full Tilt Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dynasty Coach A, joined as always by Andy Starr at A Star FF on Twitter. And tonight, like I said, we're going to be talking about the top 10 Debbie QBs. Everyone knows that you cannot possibly figure out who the top 10 QBs are, but yet we are going to do it tonight. We're also going to be talking about some offensive coordinator hires. And uh, some spring practice previews, uh, maybe some position battles that we need to discuss. But first and foremost, how are you doing tonight, Andy? I'm doing great. And that was like some tier A1 episode teasing going on right there at the beginning. Well done. <laughs> we are good at rank. Well, at least we think we are good at ranking quarterbacks, right? We'll yeah. probably have get into a big argument at the end of the episode once we actually hear what our ranks are. But that'll be fun. But other, yeah, I'm doing great. I'm ready to rock this out. I'm going to... I'm going to live off of my drink Drake may ranking from last year for years to come. Like whenever anyone says, Oh, well, yeah, but you got this guy wrong. It was Drake may. That's it. Drake may. I, I, I call Drake may and now he's Drake may. I, I win. That's it. Where did you have him ranked? Exactly. Not that we don't, he was my, in the weeds here. Yeah. He, he was my QB, uh, one in the class. Oh, okay. No, no, so no like, I'm sorry. He was my QB two in the class. It was Caleb Williams, and then it was Drake May. But it was, you know, but at the time, like no one believed in Drake May. Oh, he's a North Carolina QB. Oh, like I, the the what people believe about Drake May is so different now than what it was back then. So now it doesn't sound all that crazy. At the time, it was like, oh, was well, he even going to start? You know, he is he going to beat out the whatever random Joe Schmo that was there. I don't even remember the damn guy's name. Like, well, people what, are like, oh, I don't even think he's going to beat him out. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that was ridiculous. I mean, it needed to be talked about at least, but uh, yeah. Was it Connor something? I don't remember. I, I'd i have to look it up. Yeah, but it's not important because he sucks. And Drake Mays not, does not suck. That's the only thing that matters. But uh, yeah, but at the time, not to say that no one liked him or anything like that, but I was pretty damn high on him. So I, I went and uh, and like I said, I'm going to live off of that for for years to come. J- Jacoby Criswell, if you're wondering, was the quarterback. That's who it was. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, Never, yeah, Connor, he's doing great. Honor something. He Connor. transferred out. He's not even at UNC anymore. Well, of course he did. <laughs> like he had no shot. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Speaking of uh, offensive coordinators, because that's what we were talking about. Sorry, I have a piece of ice in my mouth. Um. <laughs> All right, so Alabama hired a new offensive coordinator. Obviously, we know Bob Bill O'Brien went to the the Patriots. Uh, Clemson hired Garrett Riley, and then we have uh, NC State, Wisconsin, Louisville, and Georgia all have new 
offensive coordinators. I'm going to let you run wild with this one because I do not follow college football. I don't know offensive coordinators. I don't know any of the coach hires or anything like that. I cannot tell you a single thing about any of these players or any of these coaches. So I'm going to let you run wild with this one. I know that that is your strong suit and definitely not mine. So why don't you give us the, the, the good stuff here? All right. I'm going to, I'll start with Alabama. I'm going to drop some player names in here so you can throw some thoughts in at the end here. But yes, you mentioned Bill O'Brien off to the Patriots. So they bring in uh, Tommy Reese, who was a former quarterback for Notre Dame uh, back in 2010 to 2013, um, ended up on the Notre Dame staff and since 2020 has been their offensive coordinator. Now, obviously he finds himself at Alabama. Um, but while at Notre Dame, he's presided over some very efficient QB play with, uh, guys you might remember Ian book, Jack Cohn, and then most recently drew pine. Um, as for positional players, the ones that come to mind immediately are obviously Kyron Williams and Michael Mayer. And I think that the success of those players lends itself to the style of Reese's offense, uh, which is those high percentage plays in the pass game. Uh, in fact, last year, running back and tight end targets accounted for over half of the passing market share at Notre Dame. Um, that being said, Reese has never had a wide receiver room that looks anything remotely like what Alabama has in terms of talent. Uh, so I think what he brings to Bama is that efficient offense, uh, but now he's been given a full war chest of offensive weapons that he can deploy at any time. The question, obviously, is if he's prepared to be able to do that, which we're obviously going to find out. In the short term, I think we can say it's stock up for guys like Jace McClellan, who we expect to be the primary receiving back, and I expect to be the primary, primary running back, but we'll get into that a little bit later as well. Um I don't really love any of the tight ends on the roster. They lost Cameron Latu to the pros this year. They bring in a highly regarded transfer, a guy that I'm not really familiar with from Maryland. His name is CJ Dupre or Diaper. I don't know if I'm, I obviously don't know if I'm saying that right, but uh, nothing to really get excited about. I think um, a guy that I would be looking to add uh, to benefit from this, you know, sort of a high percentage throw offense is Kobe Prentice. Um, he was kind of their primary slot receiver last year. Uh, again, again, high percentage looks. His eight out was only like six yards. Uh, I think he could be a beneficiary of the Reese playbook. But again, we're just going to have to wait and see to know for sure what the offense is going to look like. Yeah, I love it. I, I I'm not the biggest Kobe Prentice fan. I like he got quite a bit of run last year with Bryce Young. And yet he didn't do very much with it. Like, like he got a lot of looks, but he did not have efficiency by any means. And not to say that anyone in that offense truly did, but I feel like it was just one of those things where it's like uh, he could easily be passed up by a number of other wide receivers as far as I'm concerned. And that being said, he was also a freshman and, and, you know, he could take a step forward as well. So I'm, I'm not saying that you're wrong by any means. Um, I'm just saying I didn't love what I saw in year one out of Kobe Prentice, but the fact that maybe this offensive coordinator, you know, lends himself to the the slot wide receiver, then, you know, maybe it will be a good thing for him. Yeah. And again, it's a lot of it's going to depend on what they do at the quarterback position too. I know you and I weren't impressed with what happened with Jalen Milrow last year. Um, Ty Simpson is kind of still a mystery, but I think a lot of us expect him to be the quarterback. Um, but again, we haven't seen what he can do 
in an actual game yet. So um, it's going to be interesting. Like basically everyone is gone from this Alabama offense, save for Ja'Cory Brooks, who I think is probably going to, is probably the best player that they have on offense at this point in time, maybe Jace McClellan. I don't know how you feel about him, but again, it's really not a lot of extremely talented players returning on offense like what we're used to seeing with Alabama where it's like you know they're going to have a first round pick next year and this year it just doesn't feel like that. No, and you're and you're right and I think I would feel better about everything if we knew who, who the QB was going to be, but uh you know, I I think a lot of people are assuming it's going to be Ty Simpson, but we've also seen Alabama kind of lean on know the older players and so like it doesn't sound like all that crazy but Jalen Milrow has been there longer and you know like he he knows probably the system better or I guess technically with the new offensive coordinator he doesn't know anything better but I don't know maybe that'll be the difference and that'll give Ty Simpson the the shot because they're both learning a new offense everyone's learning a new offense and so they can say okay well let's just go with the better passer and I do believe that's Ty Simpson while also having you know, the, the rushing ability and everything. Whereas with Milrow, I think it's a little bit more like an Anthony Richardson where it, it's rush before pass, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, maybe with Reese coming in, like I said, you know, he doesn't need an, an elite quarterback to make his offenses run. You know, you're talking about guys like Jack Cohn, who <laughs> got beat out by Graham Mertz at Wisconsin. Uh, he looked good in a, a Tommy Reese offense because, again, it's just those high percentage throws that, you know, it kind of takes the guesswork out of quarterback play. But again, this is the first time he's been stacked with such, you know, talent. So it'll be interesting to see how he uh, adjusts as well. That just reminded me, like Jack Cohn got some hype. Like, was it last year uh, during the rookie process? Was that when he was a rookie? And like, yeah. he actually got some hype at one point and people start getting kind of excited about Jack Cohn. It was like right before the draft or something like that. And people were like, oh man, Cohn could be a sleeper. <laughs> I just, that just popped into my head as soon as you said his name. I'm like, man, people really lose their minds around draft time. There's just way too many days between the Super Bowl and NFL draft. People just have to find the next guy to talk about. It gets crazy around April. That's for sure. <laughs> It, it, it's already getting crazy. You know, like uh, I, I talked oh about my it God. on, Tank on Dell. the devotional. Yeah. Lance Zerline, it, you know, put out his, uh, his grades this year. And I feel like, I feel like maybe he's lost it. I don't know. I, 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 he, he's always been pretty good. Like maybe one of the best film watchers, but that's not saying much, you know, but <laughs> I, I think that it's, it's just gotten to the point where, you know, whether it's uh, injury seasons or or the COVID season or whatever, like maybe there's just too much to process to, you know, where <laughs> Tank Dell is being ranked above JSN. You know, it's just like, all right, yeah, we, we, we've gone a little too far here, guys. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, enough about that one. This one I actually know a little bit about. Not, not too much, but um, Clemson hires Garrett Riley. The only reason why I'm really like know him at all is just because he's coming over from TCU. And I mean, they had a pretty damn good offense. So I guess I'm excited about this one. Yeah. Um, another former college quarterback, fun fact. Um, but he's been working with Sonny Dykes since his SMU days uh, in 2020. And obviously last year, TCU, like you mentioned, um, I think TCU kind of, I don't think it's, hyperbole to say they had one of the most well-rounded offenses in the country 
You know, you have yeah. a, a Heisman finalist quarterback and Max Duggan, arguably the best wide receiver in the 2023 NFL draft. I'm not arguing that, but some people might in Quentin Johnston. Um, and then Kendra Miller. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people might. But then uh, and then Kendra Miller, the running back who you and I both love. And I think he's going to be a solid NFL producer as well. And of course, they made it to the college football championship game. So a lot to be excited about. Um, now he's getting control over again, talent that he and North Sonny Dykes for that matter has never really seen before. He's getting former elite 11 winner in Cade Klubnik at quarterback who did look shaky in his freshman campaign, but I think he won the lottery with this hire. Their wide receiver room is stacked with Antonio Williams, Bo Collins, and then Adam Randall's coming back from injury, all highly touted receivers out of high school. Um, they also have Brining Stool at tight end, who I think showed some flashes last year. Um, and then, of course, Will Shipley at running back. Um, and also Phil Maffa, who got some run last year, too. I don't think either of them were particular, uh, particularly eye-opening as runners last year. So it'll be interesting to see how Riley handles that room. Um, but I think the biggest question for me is how much of what happened at SMU and TCU uh, was that was Riley and how much can be attributed to Sonny Dykes. Um, as far as Clemson's concerned, I'm of the belief that that offense really can't get much worse considering the talent that they have. Um, so I do think uh, it's definitely stock up for that entire offense, but yeah, of course uh, we're not really going to know the extent of how much until we see some action on the field and what Garrett Riley brings to them. Does uh, DJU wish that that Riley had arrived one year earlier? <laughs> oh, he has to. I mean, Clemson's offense has just been cheeks for since since Deshaun Watson left. Basically, well, I shouldn't say that since Trevor Lawrence graduated. Obviously, yeah. Um, well, but that, I mean, that offensive line has just gotten so bad. You know, I, I don't know about like the recruits. I, I don't follow any of that stuff as far as, you know, like the non-skill position players and stuff. But I mean, are they going to fix that? Because if they don't fix that, then I don't know that it's truly going to matter. Like DJU is obviously not as good as people thought he was going to be. Like that's very clear and obvious. But he was also running for his life, you know, a lot of the time. And so I don't know that, you know, that's helping anyone. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you need to have a, an elite offensive line if you're going to have a successful offense. So um, I'm not an offensive line evaluator, but I can tell like when a quarterback's getting pressured more than he should be. Um, and obviously, that affects the entire game, too. Like these running backs did not look good. They were not getting uh, breakout yardage at all. Um, so if you're not getting blocking, it's just not going to be a successful offense. So. Um, I, I don't know if Garrett Riley can do anything to turn that around. He's a quarterback, so I'm not I'm not convinced that he's like a, a offensive line guru, but who knows? Um, but yeah, it's it's stuff that like that that you have to be concerned about for sure. But maybe it gives you you know a little bit of uh, you know like a sigh of relief with Cade Klubnik, whereas you know like he was a high prospect and and people loved him. 
And then he didn't really show out, you know, but once again, offensive line issues, like uh, it was not a perfect situation, but maybe the, the QB, the former QB that's, you know, been on these prolific offenses comes in, like maybe you get a little bit more excited about club Nick, or at least feel a little bit, uh, you know, more calm about having club Nick as one of your QBs, whether it be C to C or Debbie or whatever. Yeah. I mean, and at the end of the day, it is Clemson and they're, they're going to be, in contention for the ACC and potentially a college football playoff. And then, yeah, Klubnik is a five-star quarterback, former Elite 11 winner, like I said. If he brings that team to a, a championship, he's going to get that that clout, that that name recognition that you know is going to get him brought up in draft circles, uh, especially if he's you know leading that offense and having an efficient year, which obviously we didn't see last year. But to be fair, we didn't really see that with any – of the true freshman quarterback last quarterbacks last year. Um, I know we're going to talk about a lot of these guys later, but um, you know, as far as efficiency, it just wasn't there with the freshmen. And I, I don't think that's unusual either because they are true freshmen and it's not typical to see these guys succeed in their first year as a power five starter. So I'm not, I'm not selling them any of them yet yet. And I think like we said, Garrett Riley's really, help a big help for a guy like Cade Klubnik. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw somebody away just because they didn't do anything in their first four games or whatever, you know, in college football. Um, the, the other uh, offensive coordinator hires of note we have, it, you can talk about whoever you feel like here, Robert and I, uh, NC state, Phil Longo, Wisconsin, your boys, uh, Brian Brum, Louisville, and then Mike Bobo out of Georgia. Uh, anybody stand out there like anybody you're truly excited about except for you know besides Phil Longo I'm assuming um yeah so I we talked about Phil Longo a lot um he comes from UNC and you know obviously Sam Howell Drake May quarterbacks uh he's put a couple uh running backs Javante Williams Michael Carter in the NFL and then Josh Downs this year and Diami Brown as wide receivers uh jury still out on Downs obviously Diami Brown maybe not so much as an NFL prospect, but yeah, he's putting guys in the NFL in good position. So I'm, I'm excited for it from a Debbie standpoint and from a Wisconsin standpoint, um, Robert N.A. and Brian Brom are interesting, um, because they both bring in former quarterbacks, uh, through the transfer portal to their new location. Brennan Armstrong, once Robert N.A. left Virginia looked horrible last year. He had like seven touchdowns and 12 interceptions, uh, but the year with Robert Ane, he was he threw for 30 touchdowns and ran for another nine. Now they meet back up at NC State, so I think that could be interesting. Similarly, Brian Brom, uh, the Brahms, both of them went to uh, Louisville from Purdue, um, but they get their former quarterback, Jack Plummer, who played with Purdue from 2019 to 2021. Um, played well enough, but ob- obviously lost the role to Aiden O'Connell. Played well with Cal last year last season but i think brendan armstrong and jack Plummer could be sneaky cff plays so if you're in a c2c draft maybe getting those guys later on um and then mike bobo was the big news this week um todd monken obviously went to be the offensive coordinator for the baltimore ravens uh a significant hire here with bobo for georgia fans uh he was previously he previously worked for the bulldogs with mark rick uh ushered in the era of guys like Matthew Stafford, 
uh, Aaron Murray, AJ Green, Todd Gurley. Uh, he was even there for the early days of Nick Chubb. So yeah, if this guy can bring even a glimmer of that kind of offense, which frankly they have been lacking the last couple of seasons, uh, we may be looking at another Alabama-esque dynasty in college, considering how good their defenses have been, and they've already they've already won back-to-back championships with guys like Stetson Bennett and Kenny McIntosh and Adonai Mitchell, <laughs> as they're like, I guess Brock Bowers has been good, but you know that's not your typical. Georgia offense, that's for sure. So I think Mike Bobo is the one that I'm really excited about from a Debbie standpoint. I like it. Uh, does it make you that much more excited about Brock Bowers? Uh, no, not really. I think Bowers has already done everything he needs to for me. So yeah. he can't really. Uh, I mean, if, if the offense takes a step forward, then Bowers could just be that much better in college and be like one of those you know, Kyle Pitts got drafted at what pick six in the NFL, you know, like maybe he's the next pick six kind of guy. Uh, but you know, not, not well, actually at that point, people would just be insane about Brock Bowers. They're going to probably be insane about Bowers anyway, but, uh, you know, like Pitts levels of insane where you're like, Oh, just trade anything for him. Seven first. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's possible, you know, the other possibility is, is they don't feature him as much now that, you know, you bring in guys like uh, Dominic Lovett and I don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Uh, some people say Carson Beck. Some people even say Brock Vandegrift. I don't, I don't think that's prob that's a possibility, but who knows? Um, but yeah, yeah it's definitely, you're, you're not a Vandegrift guy. It, I mean, based on what we've heard from the last spring practices is like, he's buried on that depth chart. So mm. It's possible. I mean, I don't want to sit here and say that I, you know, I know what's going on, but I liked them. I, but I mean, you know, you can like plenty of college players that never turn into anything. So that doesn't mean anything. Right. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, I don't, I don't know if he's any good or not. I've never seen him play, but uh, all I can go off of is what they're saying in spring practice where he's taking reps with the third team and not the second or first team. So, Oof. and that was last year or this year? That was last year. They, yeah. they haven't seen yeah. So yeah. Could be. Wasn't he a five star or, or was he a four yeah. star? Uh it depends on what service you look at, I think, but I think in some spots he was a five star. I think he was. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I liked him. I think it was more that it just there was no other like quality QBs, you know. <laughs> like I don't I'm not a big Stetson Bennett fan, believe it or not, you know. So I was just like, oh, you know, he definitely has a shot of, of winning this job at some point. And obviously, like Bennett took a step forward, so I have to give him credit. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of wanted to hate on Bennett, and and he did much better this year, but he kind of should in his like 18th year. So you know, like that makes sense too. Right? He's like 40. <laughs> exactly, dude. Dude has a comb over. You know, throwing the football in college. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, well, I appreciate your insight because, like I said, I didn't contribute very much to uh, to this segment. I. I you know, I'm sorry, guys. I don't get into the college football talk and that kind of stuff. Like, I, I really just truly focus on the players. Uh, but that's why we have Andy here so that we can actually find out what's going on with the stuff. And and so I can learn. And maybe I'll make some some decisions based off of that kind of stuff, like a Garrett Riley hire or a Mike Bobo hire or you know something to that effect. 
You're always why don't we go? That's you know, you know me. That's that's all I do. Right. Uh, so, uh, why don't we take a quick break and then we we'll, we will be back for the spring practice preview in the position battles. All right, we have some unanswered questions here with the position battles in college football. Uh, we have Ohio State QB, Alabama running back, Georgia running back, and UCLA QB. A lot of questions that have to be answered. Andy, what do you think of the Ohio State QB situation? Uh, this is probably the most important one because whoever is right about this is going to be, you know, be uh, rewarded plentifully. <laughs> Yeah, and the more I think about it, the more I like have game theoried my way into how I like to handle it. Um, so at the end of the day, I don't want to make a prediction on this one. Uh, we talked about it a bit earlier this year. It seems it seems like McCord is probably going to be the starter. Um, he's played well enough in limited time. But here's here's where I get hung up. If he doesn't win that job and Devin Brown is named the starter, I think all the cost in McCord is sunk. Uh, he's going to be a third-year quarterback who's going to have to hit the transfer portal with no guarantee of a Power 5 job. Um, so, again, the more time I get to think about it, the more I'm avoiding McCord. Like, I am not going to make that gamble where he's getting drafted in, like, the fourth and fifth round of startups. Um, for Brown, I'm not worried about. If he gets beat out, he can sit another year, and he'll just start next year. He's got nobody to battle with. He's going to be the starter at Ohio State if he doesn't get it this year. So I'm going to hang on to my Brown shares because they're only going to go up in value. Um, at the end of the day, like you said, whoever is named the starter is going to get a huge uptick in value uh, just because they're going to be throwing to literally the two best wide receivers in college football. So it is obviously important to be having the discussion. I'm just, I'm at this point right now where I'm not willing to gamble on McCord Um just because I do think the race is going to be closer than some might want to admit. And if he does lose, he basically loses any bit of value that he has left. Yeah. The only argument I'll make, and I don't, you know, I don't have insider information or anything like that. I just, these like big, these, these uh, perennial playoff contenders in Ohio state, Alabama, Georgia, whoever they, they seem to just, live and and love the you know the uh what's the word i'm looking for <laughs> they, they love the older players i guess with the easiest way to say it and so like they want the players that have been in the system that have learned from whoever and i think that that's going to end up being Kyle McCord. you know i i think that as excited as people were for Devin brown and and maybe he's a better qb than Kyle McCord. i'm not even saying that that's wrong I don't know that it matters. And we'll get into the Alabama running backs here in a minute. And I, I probably have the same exact argument. Um, I don't know that it truly matters. I feel like these coaches have been around for so long and they just, they're like, look, you're going to learn everything I'm going to tell you and teach you. And until you do that, I'm not putting you on the field. And so, whereas people were like, oh, Kyle McCord's going to beat CJ Stroud, that clearly didn't happen. And it's probably for the best because CJ Stroud's pretty damn good. Um, but even the fact that it was a conversation is probably a good look for Kyle McCord as well. So, I get what you're saying. If McCord loses this job, he's kind of screwed, you know? But, uh, but at the same time, 
I still think it's McCord. I, I really do. And it, it kind of lends or kind of goes back to last year when people were drafting Devin Brown as a top five Debbie prospect. And it just like chill, chill guys. Like the, stop drafting QBs, especially like these kind of QBs in the top five, you know, like, Yes, obviously Brown could have become something. He wasn't going to beat out C.J. Stroud. So at that point, you're waiting a year already, and now he still has to beat out the guy that has a year ahead of him or, you know, a year on him uh, in Kyle McCord. I I don't love that, and I definitely don't love that in the top five. Stop doing that, guys. Uh, yeah, top five might have been a little excessive for Devin Brown. Um, but... And just to be clear on like the whole like how I feel about McCord, I have a couple McCord shares. I'm not like racing to get rid of them right now because again, like I said, it seems like it's going to be McCord. I'm just not where he's going right now. If I was joining a startup right now, I wouldn't be the guy to draft McCord. I might I would probably be the guy to draft Devin Brown um, if he did end up getting to me. Depending on is you know, Brown however. going after now? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I bet I've been in a couple C2C mocks. It seems like he's going after him. I'm not sure though. Um, I don't know in Debbie though. Debbie's obviously a little different than C2C because obviously there's not any production with college. So I, yeah, Debbie, maybe he's going, he's going before Kyle McCord still. So we, we don't really have any of the, you know, the, the ADP data just yet, but that'll be fun to scour over when it comes out in a couple months. I feel like the January data is never any good. You have to wait until like March and April before it starts to really settle into itself. So even then the ADP is, is wild. I, I, I don't know if you can trust any ADP when it comes to C to C drafts. Like I, oh, yeah. I, I, I tried to, you know, I did my last C to C draft or my, I'm sorry. I did my first C to C draft last year and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go off my rankings here but I'm going to, you know, cross analyze them with the ADP and all that, man, <laughs> the ADP was wild. There was guys that were, were, you know, ADP 329 going at 64 and then vice versa and everything else. And I was just like, yeah, all right, I just threw the ADP out the window and just started going off my ranks. I'm like this doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like Trey Sanders, the Alabama running back, he was getting drafted in like the second round for like forever. Until people are like, oh, wait, he got into a horrible car accident. He may never play again. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So like, we actually have the the producer of the show who decided not to show up tonight. No, he he actually had to work late. So we're going to we're going to allow it this time just once. Don't let it happen again. Uh, But Lucas says, will they end the streak of Ohio State QBs to be drafted in the first round? Uh, Obviously talking about Devin Brown and Kyle McCord. And I I guess that's a good question. And it's more, we didn't really get into, do you believe in either one of their talents? Okay, so here's what I think. If Kyle McCord is the starter, I think, yes, he probably does end the first round streak. If Devin Brown beats McCord, then I think it continues. McCord will, or Devin Brown will be a, a first round draft pick in 2025. But it's also possible that it continues with McCord too. So <laughs> I still think yeah, McCord I mean, is going to be out. The, the receivers are so good that, you know, it doesn't really truly matter how, unless they're just, unless McCord's is truly bad, like he'll, he'll probably look pretty good, you know, <laughs> like that kind right. of thing. And then, but I, I think that you said it right. 
if Kyle McCord is the QB, there's a chance that that they're just like people are like, ah, he's he's okay, he's he's decent, whatever right. that kind of thing. He's just. But a if Devin Brown beats Kyle McCord, that shows that he's that good. Right. And then at that point, I think he will be a first round QB. So I, I think that was the perfect way to answer it because I don't know that I truly believe in either one of their talents. Um, yeah, you know, I think the whole Devin Brown thing, maybe I'm wrong, but I I, I think the arguments I, I heard were his arm strength. And God, we hear so many arm strength conversations about QBs. And so I just don't care. <laughs> I, I truly don't care. Is he good? Is he good? Is he good? All right. But I mean, uh, all these guys but, can all these guys can throw the ball 50 yards pretty easily you know they're yeah. they're five-star quarterbacks but yeah, yeah it's I like we're, we're, we're talking about like one guy can throw it, uh 62 yards and the other guy can throw it 57 oh no you know like i'm so sorry yeah. um but it, yeah it, there, there's obviously extreme levels with your patrick mahomes and josh allens and stuff like that but for the most part these guys can sling the rock uh, but I think that if Devin Brown wins out, then that just shows that maybe he is kind of an elite talent at that point. And then I'd probably go, I mean, it would be very difficult, but maybe I'd I'd lean into that now that we actually have an answer and try to go get Devin Brown, just knowing like he probably will be a first round QB and all that kind of stuff. But it might be, you know, might be tough at that point because everyone's going to kind of, you know, fall in love at that point. Um, and then Lucas says Haskins, Fields and Stroud, big shoes to feel, Phil. Uh, it absolutely is. But at the same time, you also have Haskins, you know, rest in peace, uh, you know, didn't, didn't really do much in the NFL. People are still doubting fields as far as being a passer. Not me. I love me some Justin Fields. And then, uh, you know, you have question marks about CJ Stroud as a prospect, um, you know, with people just not knowing who he is. So I feel like if CJ Stroud were to somehow fail this year, then they might truly be like, all right, yeah, like we don't want any more of these Ohio State QBs. Yeah, it's possible. You try not to helmet scout, but I mean, their track record for quarterbacks is really not great. Um, I know people are excited about Justin Fields. Uh, I think rightfully so. Uh, once he gets somebody that can, you know, scheme him a offense that's actually tailored to him, it's going to be pretty scary. Um, but yes, so far the track record for for uh ohio state quarterbacks has not been stellar so we'll see what happens <laughs> all right miss you lucas make sure you don't miss again or else you're fired um let's move on to the alabama running backs and this one's a very interesting like this is the kind of thing where if you get this one right if you get this position battle right and for debbie purposes you could have a first round like high-end talent on your debbie roster you know like uh, maybe not Jameer Gibbs level, but maybe Jameer Gibbs level, you know, like that 103, 104, like that kind of deal. Jace McClellan versus Jamari Miller. And then we also have two five-star freshman running back, uh, running backs coming in. There's a lot to work with here for Alabama. Obviously we know they're great at recruiting and everything else, but uh where do you even begin with this running back core? Because it's like, you know, if you're just looking at, uh, at, at stars and recruits and all that kind of stuff, like prospect profiles, then you're probably going to be lost. Yeah. And based on what you said, you know, when we're talking about the Ohio state quarterbacks, I think we're kind of going to be on the same page here. Um, I think it's obvious. I think it's going to be all things being equal as in no injuries, obviously it's Jace McClellan's backfield. Um, unless one of these freshmen 
Justice Haynes and Richard Young uh, being the two that are coming in is like the next Bijan Robinson. Uh, I think McClellan's going to see the majority of the totes. And to be honest, I think Jamarian Miller beats out both of those freshmen as well as when, when it comes down to carries for this season. Miller, I did think looked pretty good with limited touches last year. Um, I think he has some issues, not very elusive. He only had four missed tackles on the 33 carries that he had um, and only one catch all season, which is not great, obviously. Um, where I do get excited about him is his ability to bust those huge runs. Over 10% of his carries went for more than 15 yards and almost four breakaway yards per attempt. So I'd love to see what he could do with larger volume. Um, but yeah, like I said, this is McClellan's job. Uh, I think he does great, earns himself early draft capital in 2024. Uh, we talked about how Tommy Reese likes to throw the ball to his running backs in those high percentage plays. McClellan is a capable receiver, extremely productive after the catch. He had almost 12 yards after the catch per reception last season, which is crazy. Um, I know, he, I think he only had, you know, I don't think he had 20 catches, but still that's, you know, a lot of his production came after the catch, which is great. And he did have a positive a dot, which you love to see with running backs as well. Um, and as far as like, as a runner, yeah, McClellan, he's above that two breakaway yards per attempt, which is what I care about. And uh, he, you know, he's elusive enough. So I think he's going to be the main, you know, Bama likes to run the ball usually around like 400 times a year. I think he can probably see like 200 of those carries. And then, um, maybe Jamarian Miller gets 75 and then the freshmen try to, you know, go for the rest. I don't know if Roydell Williams is still on the roster. He probably is, but <laughs> he'll probably get a couple of carries here and there too. But yeah, it's going to be Jace McClellan and I think he's going to have a good season. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. I didn't even realize that like what Alabama does with running backs. I mean, I guess I knew, you know, you think about, Najee Harris didn't do a damn thing until his what, like fourth year, fifth year, whatever the hell it was. Um, you know, like Derrick Henry didn't do a damn thing his first season at Alabama. And, but I didn't quite realize until my buddy Levi Valentine posted a tweet. Um, he, and this is the tweet. If you're considering taking a freshman Alabama running back in your C2C or Debbie draft this offseason, be prepared to, to wait for production. This season marked 10 years since the last freshman back was one of Alabama's top two rushers. Um, and then it goes through and it shows there hasn't been a single first year running back, true freshman running back since TJ Yeldon in 2012 that was the lead runner runner for Alabama. So I think that kind of shows you as excited as we might be for these freshman recruits coming into Alabama, five-star prospects, like everyone loves Justice Haynes. And, and uh, I, I can't even remember the other guy's name right now, but I'm, but like the people are excited about him as well. They're probably not going to do a damn thing this year. <laughs> as much as it sucks, you know, it's just not going to happen. And so what does that leave us with? It's going to be Jason McClellan and Jamarian Miller. I think that, I think at this point we can probably assume that Jamari Miller is a better like bet for upside. Um, I just don't think that McClellan has shown anything to be truly special. He's shown to be okay, decent, like that kind of thing. At the same time, uh, we also see with Bama that like these guys take a step forward when they get the opportunity. So I can't say that McClellan won't get that opportunity, won't take that, that step forward either. Um, 
if I'm if I'm banking on one, it's definitely Jamari Miller. I, I want the unknown versus the known because we haven't truly seen anything special out of McClellan. Although I was pretty excited about him going into last year, once he kind of just got into that backup role for Gibbs, as much as I love Gibbs, it was just like, oh, I, I'm just I'm no longer like truly excited about McClellan. Uh, he didn't do anything with the touches that he had that made me think that he's a special special runner. And so at that point, I'm just kind of like, ah, you know, give me Miller. Um, and, and I, f- I really feel like it's between the two at this point because, like I said, uh, Levi did a great job of, of proving, not to say that it can't happen, but I don't think Justice Haynes and, uh, man, I cannot remember the other guy's name, but I don't think Richard that they're Young. that special. Thank you, Richard Young. I don't think they're that special to the point where it's like, all right, well, they have to get on the field. They're not those guys. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, and I I do think Jamarian Miller does – have the potential to be super exciting but again he only had 33 carries so i don't know how much of those that 10 percent breakaway percentage is just because of the small sample size or because he's truly just a burner um and we'll figure that out obviously and um, that is a that is an issue i mean you know it's a small sample so we have no true idea of who he is and i hate dealing with small samples but i build like I make I make small samples work harder in the model. Uh, so, like it, you know, if you've only played a certain amount of games or a certain amount of touches, that kind of thing for a running back, then you better be damn good. And Jamari Miller looked pretty damn good, so <laughs> it still worked out, even though he had those things working against him in the model. Yeah. Again, like I said, he only had the one catch for like negative one yard, and that's another you know ding on my scorecard for him, McClellan. Not like a he's not Jameer Gibbs in the backfield when it comes to receiving, but I think he had over one yard per route run, so he's capable enough. Um, yeah, I think ultimately, Jameer, like you said, it's just sort of next man up. Like it's kind of frustrating for us, Debbie guys, because we want to see the early production, but Alabama doesn't do that. Like Brian Robinson didn't do anything until he was a senior and then he went pro. And obviously, you know, some people don't say what you want about Brian. Brian Robinson, at least he's, you know, getting meaningful touches on an NFL team right now. Um, he gained value by joining the NFL. Like people were like, oh, he's right. garbage. And then he went to the senior bowl and people were like, oh, he's actually really good. And then he, he's really not that good. But no, but he's not that good, like, but he's scoring fantasy but, but, points, which is what we like yeah, to he's see. Scoring fantasy points. He, he like Debbie wise, if you had had Brian Robinson, you'd probably be fairly happy at that, you know, at that point, not to say that you should have ever drafted Brian Robinson. No, but, um, I don't think he, we, it's also like there was, there was Najee, there was, uh, there was Henry and then uh, who was in between them. I can't think of, of who it was, but uh, th- there was plenty of players that, you know, from Bama that, that obviously blocked Brian Robinson. And, and that was why he never really got a shot. And that's why I'm a little concerned about these justice Haynes and Richard young, you know, like I'm, I'm a little concerned about them because who's going to block them. Is it going to be McClellan? Is it going to be Jamari Miller? Like if Miller truly blows up this year, you might not see, Young or Haynes for two or three seasons, you know, right? Yeah, unless they transfer, of course, which is obviously like a possibility at this, like in this day and time. Yeah, transfer portals. You know, Kamar Wheaton was not at Alabama, and he's gone now too. So I think it's it's reasonable to assume that one of them probably does transfer between Jamarian Miller and 
these two freshmen, probably not Miller, <laughs> you know, he's already getting playing time. So, yeah, I don't think he's, I think he'll be, he'll be playing. All right. Enough about Bama. Let's jump over to Georgia. I, I hate the fact that you put Kendall Milton first here. Oof, uh, like, you're really going to hate what I talk talking? about then. <laughs> why are we even talking about Kendall? Oh Kendall no. Um, yeah, Dejan Edwards and Branson Robinson. Um, I get that we just talked about like these major schools and everything. Give it to like the the guy that's been there, uh, the, the old guy. But it's not going to be Kendall Milton. It's never been Kendall, Kendall Milton. I cannot say his name right now. Kendall Milton. Um, so why would it be this year? Because it sounds like that's the argument you're trying to make. I know. Well, that's the thing. I kind of surprised myself because I was anti-Kendall Milton all last offseason because – I said Kenny McIntosh is the more efficient back. He's better out of the backfield, yada, yada, yada. But look at his run, like how he was as a runner last year. It was pretty good in limited touches. I know Branson Robinson is the sexy Debbie pick at this point, but I don't think he's as refined of a runner. Uh, Milton is more elusive, uh, 0.22 missed tackles forced per attempt versus Branson's 0.16. Neither are great, but Milton is better. Um the bigger concern for me is Branson's breakaway yards per attempt, which is under two, and he had a negative expected expected rush yards over attempt over expected, um, which I never like to see. You want to be either at zero or positive. Um, and then they're also bringing in a bunch more, you know, just like any blue blood program, they're bringing in 50 other guys to compete with them. Uh, Roderick Robinson is a guy that I really like as a freshman running back. Andrew Paul is going to be returning from injury. And then, yeah, you mentioned Dejon Edwards, who got some run last year. I don't think he's that good. I think he kind of saw a lot more time because Kendall Milton was hurt and uh, Kenny McIntosh got hurt a few times. Um, the other thing is they really don't have the third down receiving satellite back now that McIntosh is gone. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see who fills that role. I don't really like any of them to be that role, if I'm being honest. And, you know, maybe with Bobo coming in, they don't really have that in their offense. But, um, yeah, I really think Kendall Milton is the is the most refined runner on the team right now. And he probably will end up being the number one running option for them. That sounds like my uh, nightmare I've had uh, pretty recently. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I don't know. I, I look at the stats for Milton and – he maybe he's not as terrible as I as I think he is, but man, it took he's had three years and he hasn't done a damn thing. You know, I just like you think about Georgia backs and like and what they do, and yeah, they don't get great run. Like they don't, they're not going to touch the ball four hundred times in a season or anything like that. But they truly stand out most of the time. Kendall Milton has never stood out at any given point. It was just, oh, he could be, he could do this, he could do that, like that kind of thing. I, I, it's year four. That's when it's not even like Bama where we're like, oh, he didn't get even get on the field. It's not a Brian Robinson kind of deal. He's been on the field, and they're like, nah, dude, we're good. You know, like it just we're we're gonna bring this other lackluster back in Kenny McIntosh and we're gonna let him run too. Like I I don't know. We also saw uh, Branson Robinson just dominate, like look truly dominant in the the college playoffs and the uh, the actual championship game. So like 
I don't know. I we saw who Branson Robinson was as a recruit. We see him in pictures. We know who he is, and yet you're gonna sit here and, and hate on the guy? Come on now. I mean, for how big he is, he should be busting more tackles than he is as well. And I just he's not hitting those. He hasn't touched the ball. He's barely he had, touched the ball. What he does he have? He had almost 70 carries. Kendall Milton had 86 last year. Like similar. Yeah, 68 carries for 330 oh, wow. yards. So okay. like not I, I hear you because I saw those games too, and I was like, damn, Branson Robinson's looking pretty good. But now I'm, you know, as I sit here and look at the season as a whole, I don't know that it was that good. Um He's obviously looks like a NFL running back, um, and maybe he will be develop one into one as he as he continues on. But I don't know, man. Like he he, he wasn't breaking tackles at a high rate. He's not busting off big carries. Kendall Milton was he had over over ten percent uh, big time run rate last year. Um, again, I mean, eighty six carries isn't isn't a tiny sample size. It's pretty pretty decent. So. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you too. Like we're wait, we've been waiting four years now for this to happen. Um, but I think this is, might be the year. I I feel dirty about it too. I don't like Kendall. Milton, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I guess I appreciate that. Um, so Branson Robinson had 12 carries was his, his max against Auburn uh, last year, and he had 98 yards and a touchdown, 8.2 yards per carry. That was the most uh, touches he had. The The next most was nine against Florida. He had 35 yards and 3.9 yards per carry. That's not great. Um, I honestly wonder if this is kind of a small size, you know, sample kind of deal. And also, like, when you look at, like, a Branson Robinson – not, I'm not comparing the players at all, but like, you know, you think of like a Derrick Henry or like, you know, those kind of players, like they need touches because like, yeah, maybe, maybe you get three yards for the first two, three, four touches or whatever. And then you get 27 yards on the, on the fifth touch, you know, like that kind of thing. And I wonder if it's kind of the same thing with Branson Robinson. I don't know that he's going to be truly explosive on every single play, but man, maybe he can break those tackles on that one play and then make that big, you know, thing. But with the small sample, you're not going to truly see that. So, I, I, it's up in the air. I give you, I give you credit. It's not insane to think that uh, that Kendall Milton will be the lead guy, but it's insane to think that Kendall Milton will be the lead guy. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he's, he's never he's had four years he's had three years at this point to prove that he's the guy and he has no, I know. Not done it so I just, and like I, if you play the, the fourth year that's when it is and, and not to say like George's brought in other running backs like it's not like there's no other running backs to to like to compete with Branson Robinson like that don't I'm pretty sure they have like five-star running backs that have also come in yeah I mean they just brought in Roderick Robinson and well, last year they had Andrew Paul and Branson Robinson, obviously, and um, I don't know who they I, I kind brought of in the year forgot before about that. All. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, he was hurt all last ACL, year. right? Yeah, he was only a three-star guy, but he he had offers from like every major program in the country. So a lot of people liked him. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I I think I feel like it's gonna be somebody else is gonna step up. You've had three years to prove yourself, and you haven't done it. 
somebody else is going to step up. What it, maybe it won't be Branson Robinson, but somebody's going to step up. And uh, I, yeah, I hate it. The more I think about it, I, I absolutely hate it. <laughs> if you listen to like episodes from like two months ago, I, I was thinking like, is Kendall Milton still on the roster? He needs to just transfer. But no, you know, I, I know. Like that's why it, it blows my mind. I know you've been you've been a Milton hater with me. And then I all know, of a sudden you're now all of a sudden he's the lead back. He's there's nobody there, man. Year. I looked at Branson's numbers and I was not I was like, wait a second here. There's not a lot here to be excited about. <laughs> it is a little concerning, I'm not gonna lie. All right, so UCLA QB Dante Moore versus Colin Schley is the next position battle that we have. I don't is this a battle? Uh I don't know. I, I don't really have much to say in regards to Dante Moore because Aaron, your co-host from the Debbie Devotional, did such a great job breaking him down a few episodes ago before the All-American game. Uh, you know, big arm, athletic enough to make plays on the ground. Um, but I do see, like, some C2C guys especially saying, you know, they want to see what Colin Schlee can do. I, for one, don't get any of it. Um, so, you know, we don't need to spend too much time on it here. But I think at – yeah, what, what he had an average year, I think, at best when he was at Kent State last year. Um, 17 touchdowns in 10 games, sub 70 QBR in the Mac. I don't get it to be honest. Um, but the other thing that I do know is it's incredibly rare for a true freshman to start day one at a power five program. Um, so I don't expect that to happen either, but I do think it's the more show sooner rather than later. Um, I was looking at their schedule. They have to play Utah like early on in the year in September on the road. I think that's a game where if it's Schley or whoever the starting quarterback is, um, they need to make their case to be the starter for the rest of the season there. And if it, they falter, it's going to be Dante more time. Yeah, I I don't get the argument at all. Like Schley does absolutely nothing for me. If if you can't even top nine yards per attempt or adjusted yards per attempt in the Mac, I want nothing to do with you. Like I, I, I get like level of competition also means, you know, like you don't have as good of players and that kind of thing, but I don't care. Like in the Mac, you should be throwing for 10 yards per attempt plus, you know, at the very least. Uh, Schley had a 59% completion rate last year his only like his only year of truly being like a starter 59 percent completion rate in the mac uh 8.1 yards per adjusted yards per attempt he only threw 13 touchdowns to five interceptions why the hell are we talking about colin Schley? like this is not a thing it's gonna be dante Moore, the five-star prospect dude like if it wasn't for the fact that it's uh th- that it- it's what ucla right If it wasn't for the fact that it's UCLA, I don't even know what we would be talking about anyone else being the number one guy because I've looked in these prospects and Dante Moore actually stands out as the best. If it wasn't for like the landing spot and that kind of thing, he might truly be the best prospect in this class. Why the hell are we talking about Colin Schley? I get like we've talked about how these, uh, these, they don't, they don't always use their brains when it comes to who should start and that kind of thing. But I don't think it's going to take all that long. Even if Colin Schley wins week one, wins the job week one, like 
it's gonna be like week four. You know, like the the game against yeah. after the game against Utah when Colin Schley throws eight interceptions, <laughs> then all of a sudden it's gonna be Dante Moore. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm a hundred percent on board with that. I don't know why why is Colin Schley even on the team. Like why why did Chip Kelly give this guy a scholarship? I don't understand no what the idea, purpose man. was. Maybe I don't get it, but I don't know. People think that he's going to be good. I, I I've I know. heard a lot of people I talking know. about Colin Schley, and I'm like, why? I don't get it. They were big on him last year because he was going to fill in, you know, for, uh, geez, I don't even remember his name, but he was filling in for a Kent State quarterback who went pro. Obviously, he didn't actually go pro. He just graduated. Um, and they thought he was going to be this big CFF producer, and that didn't happen. And then he, I, it's very confusing to me that he got a, a power five offer after the season that he had last se- last year, but I don't know. <laughs> he couldn't quite beat out Dustin Crum. That was um, it. Yeah, Crum. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't quite beat out Dustin Crum, but that's our guy. That's who's going to beat out Dante Moore. Uh, yeah, this is hey, wild. If, Dustin Crum if was you a are gamer. Man. Dante Moore, if you're moving Dante Moore to like your QB five in the class because oh he might not beat out Colin Schley, you're doing Debbie and CDC wrong. I can promise you that. Yeah, absolutely. He should Dante Moore should not be your QB five in the class. He should be like your QB five overall, which we're gonna get to pretty soon. <laughs> absolutely. Actually, you know what? I just thought about that. I haven't even incorporated the the uh freshman qbs into my top 10 so i gotta do that really quick while we take a break in we have a we have a six second break here i'm gonna go ahead and incorporate the uh good luck the the, the freshman qbs into my ranks give me one second and i i got them all in uh we're we're good to go (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) <laughs> that was amazing. No, I'm completely talking to my ass out of my ass. I well, I'll go first if you want me to just run through my top ten, and you can really put the polishing touches on uh, on yours here. But if you want me to, All right, but but first, but first, our our boss wants us to say like be very clear and succinct about what this is. We are talking about the top ten Debbie QBs in in Debbie. In, oh, clearly, top 10 Debbie QBs in Debbie. And you yes. have to always say it twice just to be very clear about it. Um, but here's the thing. We're not going to give any context or anything. We're not going to talk about why or how or whatever. We're just going to do this, and then we're going to argue about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I, I'm actually very interested to see uh, how this works out. And I'm definitely not going to be working on my freshman rankings while Andy talks about this player. All right. I'm, I, should I just run through all 10 right now? Is that how we're doing it? That works for you, right? Uh, that works for me. You yeah. All right. All right, here we go. Number one, I got Caleb Williams, quarterback, USC. Number two, Drake May, quarterback, UNC. Number three, Malachi Nelson, USC. Number four, Dante Moore, UCLA. Number five, Quinn Ewers, Texas. Number six, Arch Manning, Texas. Number seven, Devin Brown, Ohio State. Number eight, Drew Aller, Penn State. Number nine, Connor Wigman, Texas A&M. And number 10, Cade Klubnick, Clemson. And that's it. All right, so I I really, I'm, I really hate the 
yours over Manning at this point. I'm just I'm yeah. all I'm all in on on Manning and all out on yours. It's just I whether it's right or wrong, that's just where I've like become. <laughs> that's that's where I've decided to uh plant my flag. Uh do you think that have you seen anything that makes you believe that yours is going to take a step forward from last year? Do you really think it was because of the injury or um, or what do you think is going to hold Arch Manning off? Um, yeah, I think part of what I, why I believe it is that for one, I don't think Arch Manning is as elite as everyone's think, thinking that he might be. Um, I also think that it was a lot to do with the injury. We saw what he did against Alabama prior to the injury. He was probably going to win that game. Um, so I think he is going to be fully healthy this year and that is going to end up, you know, leading to more success. He's got more weapons this year as well, too. Uh, he still gets JT Sanders, uh, and Xavier worthy, obviously, but Isaiah Neor is going to be there. Uh, they bring in Adnai Mitchell, a few other guys I want to say that I can't think of right now. Um, so I think he's, it's going to be built for him to succeed. Um, and I do think, you know, there's not going to be a battle. He's going to be the starter, uh, in spring and when the season rolls around in the fall. So I had him back to back, obviously, because, you know, I think that for one, I love if I, the only QBs I love in Debbie are freshmen. Um, so that's why a lot of the freshmen are towards the top for me, but, uh, yeah, I think Arch Manning, eventually does obviously start there. I just don't think it's going to be this year. Yeah, I guess I've just, I've fallen out of love with uh, Quinn yours. And I, I really do believe at some point Arch Manning might step on the field. It just, you're going to, I know it's not like the NFL truly, but at some point you're probably going to start hearing like, Manning, Manning, Manning chance, you know, out of the fans if yours is doing what he did last year. And I get he started off hot, but man, just the rest of the season was just lackluster. And it, you know, add add to the fact that he is a second year player, transferred and all that kind of stuff. I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just out. I'm, I'm ready to be out. That being said, I get like we've already talked about how it's not the norm that this true freshman is going to come in and all that. But I think that when you're talking about a Manning, maybe the norm doesn't apply. Yeah. I mean, he's going to get that name recognition, obviously, right away. I think on three has him as like the most marketable player as far as NIL next to Bronny James. So, <laughs> which I don't know if you're familiar with basketball, that's LeBron James' son. <laughs> but uh, I've heard, yeah, I've heard of him. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I. I think the name does carry that weight. That's going to, you know, always be a cloud over Ewer's shoulder. But um, I think he steps up to the uh, steps up to the plate here, and you know, does well enough to maintain the job. And the Big Twelve is—they're still in the Big Twelve this year, right? I think they are. They don't go to the SEC this season, right? I think sure. there's one more yeah. year. I believe. Yeah, I, there's nobody in the Big Twelve that should scare you. Now, if if they start losing games in the Big Twelve to like Oklahoma State's of the world and Texas, uh, I don't want to say Texas Tech, but like Baylor's of the world, then yeah, things are going to be looking bad for Ewers because they. I, I think if they don't run the table in the Big Twelve this year, then the season was kind of a failure. 
I agree. I'm going to preface this with the fact that I have not done a, a ridiculous amount of uh, research into the, the freshman just yet, but I do believe this is a, a very good freshman class. Not only that, but I do believe that they all went to very good landing spots where they can actually play either this year or at least next year very soon. So I, I really like the freshman class. That being said, it's Drake Mann, Caleb Williams, and a tier of their own. And then a a prob- a very big tear break to Drew Alar as my QB three in the class, or, or or not in the class, but at top ten. And then it's honestly you, another tear break: Ty Simpson, Kyle McCord, Devin Brown, Connor Wegman, Cade Klubnick. And then I would get into all the freshmen. I'd probably mix the freshmen in ahead of a, some of those guys. I just haven't done enough research just yet. But I can, I can almost guarantee you that like Malachi, Malachi Nelson, Dante Moore, Arch Manning are going to end up a, ahead of those guys when it's all said and done. Um, at least some of those guys. But you have the excitement of a Kyle McCord, uh, uh, you know, Devin Brown, a Ty Simpson. I think that Ty Simpson is better than Jel- Jalen Milrow. Just going to be, does he actually get his shot this year or, or anything like that? And then Connor Wegman already kind of proved like he could do something. Uh, so I love that, but you know, it, it, it was a very small sample, so we can't truly bank on it either. Um, do you disagree? I don't even th- know if that was 10, but do you, do, do you yeah. truly disagree with any of those players? I think I disagree with Aller being like in a tier of his own as QB three. Um, okay. I don't think he's done anything for me to say that he's better than any of the other, you know, quarterbacks in his class that, have either a already played or b like Devin Brown. We haven't even seen yet who I think him and Devin Brown were kind of one, a one B depending on who you asked last year. So like, I don't think that he deserves to just jump a tier based on what he did last year. Uh, I, I do think he didn't, he didn't throw any, any turnover worthy plays, which I know that's going to look so just beautiful in your model. Um, (laughs) And he didn't have any interceptions. And then Wigman, obviously, he had eight touchdowns and no picks, but uh, his turnover worthy play percentage was at like 6%. So I think he did have some element of luck last season. Um, so that's why I do have Aller over Wegman, um, but I did not have him over Devin Brown. I think at this point, we don't really know enough about Devin Brown. And then, yeah, I put the Texas guys over over them as well. And I know you're out on Quinn Ewers, but... And then I, I love freshman quarterbacks when it comes to Debbie. So that's why I've got Malachi, Dante Moore, and Arch Manning over most of those second year guys. Just because once you've hit the second year, all you can do is lose value a lot of the times. Um, especially, I mean, we've just seen it that way. Like the, once you get an NFL uh, draft class, there's really only like two guys that are going to come to the top. So, um, it doesn't doesn't make sense to have four or five guys in a class that you know in the top five because it's just not going to happen. Yeah, and I'm actually down with that. I I actually had uh, Alar in that uh, that tier two or whatever last year, and then you know, he didn't have a large enough sample size to change anything. So like I, I'm not really going to argue with you about like him not like truly being in a tier of his own because. If anything, he didn't look that great when he played. So like, no, I get, uh, I'm not going to say like, oh, well, at least he looked amazing when he played that those like two games or game and a half or whatever the hell it was. Um, 
if anything, I honestly, I would move probably the top three QBs in this class, like Malachi Nelson, Arch Manning, Dante Moore, uh, at, at the very least above him um, for the upside and everything. Whereas I, I know people are still excited about Alar, but I don't know that I truly believe he's going to be like special, that kind of thing. I think he could be good, but it's also it, it also goes back to if you're not a top tier guy for me, I don't care. Like I, I truly don't care about you. I don't even want you on my Debbie squad. Um, but I do believe, and we and we recently had Travis May on the Debbie devotional and he, his hot take. And, you know, we, we tried to preface it with, it's a hot take with realism. Like we don't want to just be hot takey to be, you know, to get clicks or whatever. We want to actually have some realism behind it. And his hot take was that there would be seven QBs from this class that ended up being like top tier QBs. Uh, it doesn't mean they'll be drafted next year, you know, all all seven arms in three years, all seven. But within like the next three or four years that those seven players would be uh, you know like considered top tier QBs. And so I think that shows you the kind of recruit class that we have. And we should probably start moving those players up ahead of these guys that haven't done anything after a year or two. And that's why I'm perfectly fine moving at least at the very least those three. But then even you get into like a Nico Imleva or however the hell you say his name, you know, like I'm, I'd be pretty excited about him too. He's just, there's, there's still all five-star prospects and like, there's not much holding him back. You know, <laughs> like I, I think that you could probably move a lot of these players ahead of, the players that have already like touched the field or not been able to touch the field because they weren't that good or whatever that that might be. And, you know, probably be have better bets for those guys than the, the, the players that I listed, you know, beyond the top tier. Right. Yeah. Jackson Arnold is another guy. You, you mentioned Nico. I think Jackson Arnold with Oklahoma is another guy that could potentially be great. So seven. Yeah. It's a bit, bit much i i know that you know preface it like over two draft classes i guess it's possible but um we'll see i mean obviously the nfl is changing a lot of these older quarterbacks are retiring in the next few years between brady this year and you know we expect maybe rogers within the next couple of years and maybe matt stafford so it's it's possible that you know a lot of these jobs open up so yeah we'll see what happens but um I'm always down with the freshman quarterbacks. You know that. I, I don't want to draft them because, I mean, look at a, a, a Devin Brown, you know, drafting him 105 or, or earlier in the top five of Debbie drafts. And then you're like, oh, well, he hasn't done a damn thing. Maybe he'll do something this year. Maybe he'll do something next year. And then you'll feel okay about it. But at that point, you've waited three years for him to do a damn thing for your Debbie squad, you know, to gain value or do anything like that. I, I hate all of that. So I don't know that I love drafting these QBs, but if, you know, if, if I was going to, it probably would be a lot of the freshmen. That being said, there's still some players that I'm not giving up on. Um, I, I, you know me, I don't adhere to the rules or anything like that. So I'm just going to go and talk about some other players beyond the top 10. Uh, I love, I don't want to say I love, uh, there's players on my radar, Cam Rising, Jaden Daniels, JJ McCarthy, Grayson McCall, even Cameron Ward, I think those are like the next tier of players that you know could be in the mix as well. While I don't have like a true ranking of where these players should be, you know, I do believe that uh, like those players should be in the mix at least for Debbie purposes. 
and my I see that my lights are turning off because we're getting late here. <laughs> yes, sir. No, I, I'm with you. Like if there's like the Sam Hartman's, the Brendan Armstrong's and the Devin Leary's of the world too, that could end up being like the Kenny Pickett's. So we'll see what happens. You know, there's always like somebody that ends up, uh, but you know, breaking out in that last like fifth year senior role. So, you know, but it's hard to rank those guys for sure. Yeah, we've talked about Jalen Daniels as well. Uh, somebody that we, we believe that maybe could take a step forward this year. Uh, that injury really hurt him because I feel like it, it could have been the difference of him being like maybe not a top prospect. He was never going to be a top guy, but he could have been in that next tier of guys that we truly believe in. But uh, that injury just kind of killed him. And at the very least, for C2C purposes, I loved Jalen Daniels. And then that injury just absolutely destroyed me. And, you know, and then like they were talking about surgery and him missing you know, the year and all that kind of stuff. He's saying, oh, no, I'm going to come back. And then he never came back. And it, I just I hated every second of it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, so that's enough. I'm sorry that I didn't have an actual ranking form uh, for you guys, but uh, you know, hopefully you got some good names out of that. Uh, I think that it also kind of you know lends itself to there's only so many good QBs, and if anything, like there's only so many proven good QBs at this point, and it's literally two. <laughs> we have two proven like really good QBs at this point. And then we have everyone else and that should make you feel how or understand how the QB situation is in Debbie and the NFL right now. It's, it's not great. (laughs) So if we can pick up on some of these other guys, like, you know, this incoming freshman class, you know, maybe hopefully fingers crossed that, you know, we'll we'll get some actual quality players here where we can have some great QBs coming in at, at the very least in the next year or two. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, like you said, two that we can really project at this point, which that's just the nature of the position. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know what I'm talking about with quarterbacks because every time I think I do, something changes. But um, that's why it's fun. It's fun to hit on these guys when you do hit, but you know, try to make your misses not so painful. Hey, Brock Purdy was my QB four, so I'm gonna like I talked about how Drake May was my my big hit. Brock Purdy was my QB four in this last class, so I'm gonna go ahead and take that W, and uh, we're gonna ride on that for a couple of years as well. So uh, we're just riding high, baby. All right, well, well done, Mister Irrelevant. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, guys, I appreciate you listening. Uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. Once again, I don't think I did any of the reads that I was supposed to do or anything like that. But I was also told to like change things up for uh, for our you know how, how we do things this week. So I don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. Thank you, Andy. It was great seeing you, buddy. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back in two weeks. We are now on a bi-weekly plan, uh, at least for the offseason, because there's just not a lot going on, and there's only so much to talk about without boring you guys out of your minds. But we will be back as soon as possible. Until then, we're going to go ahead and cash out. See you guys.